morning. Father, we're so thankful once again that we can take courage and we can take, uh, draw strength and encouragement from your word today. We thank you for equipping us to uh, walk out the plan and purpose that you have for us in our life here in the Tri-County area. Wherever we are, Father, we just ask for your guidance, your leaders, and your uh, direction. And so we thank you for that. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the title of the message today is Gone Fishing. How many of you know that Peter and John, Peter, uh, he had a group of people there with him. And and uh, after Jesus' resurrection, he said, I'm going fishing. So that's kind of where we're going to end up today, because some of us have probably ended up. I've been there before, you know, get direction from the Lord and get equipment from the Lord and get a word from the Lord and and have all kinds of knowledge about the Lord. And then I say, ah, I'm just going to go out here and, you know, go fishing. To do my own thing. Now, I don't mind fishing. I mean, I like to go fishing. I like to go catch fish and, you know, and have a good fish fry and do that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I still like to go fishing occasionally, but that was Peter's occupation and some of the disciples there. And so they went, they went back to fishing after the resurrection. And so we're going to, we're going to end up right there probably today. And then next week we'll have a message about going swimming because after Peter uh, couldn't catch any fish all night, well, he swam back to the Jesus on the shore there during uh, before he was resurrected. And so, but I want to kind of start out here in John chapter 13, and I also want to give us a little bit of a background here in John chapter 13. It was just um, a few days before. Well, actually, it was the night before uh, Jesus was crucified. Uh, he had some things that he wanted to say to the disciples there, some things that he wanted to do to them. And so here there is a little group of people that are that are having the Passover meal there in, in this uh, intimate setting there. Uh, while the government on the outside and those uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were they were coming against Jesus. They were coming against this little small group. And uh, even the government was all stirred up. I mean, there was a big stir taking place, and Jesus knew that this was going to be his last night there uh, on on the earth with his disciples in this particular fashion. And uh, so how do we relate that to today? Well, today, you know, we have um, uh, the government is even kind of in a turmoil. Our, our, our United States government is in a little bit of a turmoil, and there's dis disagreement and disillusionment and there's things that's taken place and um, you know I've seen a, a commercial last night that if you would like as far as the Apple product goes and some of the different phones you can give them permission to track you and they can tell you whether you've been in close contact of somebody that has contacted the virus or the contact or hasn't well, how many of you know that's getting a little too close for comfort for me <laughs> you know, I mean, if you want to do it, okay, go ahead. That's a, well, that's okay. But but uh, that's that technology. My main point today is, is you know, I mean, it, it may be okay, but I'm not going to depend on that technology. I'm going to depend on Christ. I want to depend on what Jesus is doing for me, and I want to depend on what His Word says about me and my situation. Uh, thank God for the technology. Thank God for that, and thank God for uh, you know. That that's available, but it is not my main thing. It is not the main thing that I'm going to keep in my forefront. And um, so, you know, we're also in that in a time where there's chaos, there's disruption, there's things taking place, you know. And um, 
they were, if you, I think if you kind of look into Peter's, Peter's thoughts there, which will be most of the topic today, he, he was also looking at the government. He was also looking at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those people that were coming against the things that Jesus wanted to do. And so he just, his, his conclusion was, I'm going to go back fishing. I'm just going to go back to fishing. Even though Jesus appeared to him, even though Jesus said some things here to him that we're going to discuss here, uh, he said, hey, forget about it. Me and the seven, we're going to go fishing. <laughs> and so why do I say that? I want to I say that today because we have to, as believers, we've probably faced some things that we've changed in, and we've made changes in our life. We've probably adjusted some things. We may have uh, made a, 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 you know, a covenant, renewed our vows to the Lord and said, Lord, if you'll deliver me from this, I'll, you know, I'll do this or that. We've changed our lifestyle a little bit. And so I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go back to the new normal, which is uh, the, you know, the supernatural life. And so we want to look at that today. Let's look here in John chapter 13, verse 36. This is uh, Jesus talking to Peter. Jesus said here, Peter, will you lay down your life for me? Jesus talking, truly, truly, I say to you that the rooster will not crow till you have denied me for three times. Now, I mean, you know, that's a pretty wise statement there. <laughs> and so... There's the invitation to Jesus. There's the invitation to Peter. There's the invitation uh, for him to go ahead and, and, and uh, you know, stand for the things that Christ has asked him to do. If you read some of the things before this, you know, Peter was told by Christ. He said, uh, uh, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ. And Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, that same Peter is here in this setting here. And, he's, he, and Jesus says, will you follow me, Peter? So he gets an invitation there uh, to, be, to follow Christ. All right. So then we know the crucifixion happens. They come and they arrest Jesus and they take him up there and, you know, and they're beating him and they're doing all this to him and, and all the scriptures being fulfilled there. And... Um, Peter, being the strong guy that he is, being the, you know, the guy that he is there, he, he, he does this in, in John chapter 18, verse 26. He, he, he fulfills what Jesus said about him. He says, one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it and at once the rooster crowed. So there's the third time that Peter denied um, Christ. And, um, you know, he's, he, and, and the, the person that brings the knowledge to him <laughs> is a relative to the one that Peter cut his ear off. Because when Peter came to, when they came to arrest Jesus, when they came to arrest him, um, and take him captive. Peter was standing there with his sword, and he pulled that sword out, you know, and was wham, and I guess the guy ducked or something, and he caught the ear. And here's a relative uh, saying to Peter, you know, ask this question. How many of you know God can work in mysterious ways? <laughs> How many of you know God can bring someone alongside us and ask us, have. Uh, you know, do you really believe Christ? 
Do you really believe, uh, you know, that he's he's the he's the king of the king of the king of king and lord of lords? Do you really believe that? Yeah. How many of you, you know, we can we can have that happen to us. And what's our response? Are we going to? Yes, we do. We do believe in Jesus. Isn't that right? It doesn't make any difference where we're at, what circumstances we're facing. We don't want to deny Christ. Isn't that right? Because he can use someone that's not even part of the fellowship, not even part of the, the world, but we're interacting with the world and they can come and they can see. Do you really believe what the Bible says? Do you really believe Christ? And Peter was faced with that. It'd be pretty tough, wouldn't it? Because here Jesus is. He's already in the little courtyard. He's already been up there and he, he and the beating is taking place. And there, Peter's sitting there with these people Around the fire, because it was cool, the Bible says. And they were warming themselves around that fire. They were comfortable around that fire. They were, uh, their natural needs were being met. They were being warmed by that little fire there. And how many of you know that's, that when we're comfortable, that's the most vulnerable spot that we can have when we get comfortable. When we're comfortable and, and we're just naturally interacting with others and, and the things that we say either exalt Christ or they could deny Christ. And so we see here that Peter did that. How many of you know that God still loved Peter? God didn't remove his love from Peter. God never uh, removed the call from Peter. He never, uh, uh, you know, took any of that away at all. It still remained there with Peter. Peter just had to realize it. Peter had to, he had to get a deeper revelation of what this actually meant. And so I'm saying this to, if we've messed it up, listen, well, all we got to do is just come right back in. God's always he's always inviting us to come right back in and fellowship with him. Okay, so then let's look here at John chapter 20, verse 21. Okay, now this is the second time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. So this is the second time that he does that. And um, they're sitting there at a table eating, and Jesus, he just kind of comes through the wall. <laughs> He just kind of comes through the wall and says, peace to you. Peace be unto you. And um, uh, that word peace means no turmoil. It means a complete peace. It means there's no war taking place. It means there's peace here. And Jesus says to his disciples, peace be unto you. And so we can see here the graciousness of God. He reinstates Peter. Let's look at it. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. And he says here, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So even though Peter had denied him, even though uh, he, had, he had said these things to him and some other things there, actually that he had taken that didn't line up with his commission that God gave him, Peter still, uh, Jesus still reinstates Peter here. And so even if you and I have messed up, guess what? Jesus said, just come right on back in. He says, just get right on back into the things that I've called you to. Just get, just, just, just get right in there and, and uh, keep lifting me up, keep praising me, and keep pursuing me. And I haven't taken anything. I haven't taken my love from you. I haven't taken the calling from you. I haven't taken the gifts that I placed in you. I haven't taken them away. They're still there. See? So he's reinstated here. Now that word, I am sending you. Just as the Father sent Christ, just as this. He says here to Peter, I am sending you, Peter, and the rest of you disciples. I'm sending you. 
Well, what does that actually mean? It means that it's set apart. It means that it is to send out on a mission, literally or figuratively. Now, if we go back to John chapter uh, John th- John three sixteen in the Gospel of John, we know that, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? We know that. Okay, that word world in there means cosmos. That means governing systems. In other words, Peter is Jesus is saying here to Peter, I'm going to send you back into the governing systems. I want you to govern and I want you to have authority and I want you to have dominion over the area that I'm sending you. That's how you and I could break it down and bring it right into our personal life. We could bring it into our life this way. God has sent us to have dominion over our thought life, to have dominion over uh, the things that we uh, are, are influencing, the things that we're around and the things that we interact with, where God has sent us. And so, you know, whatever area God finds us in today, wherever we're at, we can say God sent us there. Amen? We can say that God put us here. God is helping us. God is putting us there. We're part of the church, right? So God says the same thing. That, that is part of a foundational doctrine that we are sent by God. We are a God's representative on the earth. Rudy prayed there. We're God's representative. Wherever we are, let's try to make decisions and, and interact you know, with each other and in a way that influences people towards heaven. Right. We have that ability. We have that in us. God has placed that inside of us. Okay, so now, um, how many of you know Jesus didn't ever hold much information back here in this particular setting? So John chapter 13 through the end of the book of John is, is, is less than 40 days. That, that's a pretty short period of time. It's a lot of scripture, a lot of doctrine, a lot of things take place there, but it's a very short period of time. And so we can see here in John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So right there, we can see that these disciples were born again right there. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So we can see here they're empowered to preach repentance. In other words, they had everything they needed right there to preach repentance. Praise God. Amen. And so you and I, when we are born again and we have received the Holy Spirit in us, guess what? We have received everything we need to, 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 to live a repentant life. To, uh, you know, live that life. We have it available. It is there, right? It's there. And so they're empowered to preach repentance unto those that they come in contact with. All right. Now let's look at point number five. Here's the assignment of the empowerment of that repentance. Let's look at it. John chapter chapter 16, verse 8. The empowerment of the assignment. When he comes, who? The Holy Spirit that Jesus just breathed onto him up there in verse 22. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
And then he gives the explanation. John chapter 16 verse 9. Uh, concerning sin. So one of the assignments of the Holy Spirit. And one of the assignments that the believer has inside of them. Is to convict the world of sin. <laughs> oh, praise God. Amen. <laughs> what is that sin? That main sin, the main sin that he's talking about here is the denial of Christ. It is the denial. In other words, the non-believers, the, the people out there that say that Jesus is just a myth and yeah, praise God, he was, he was, he was a, you know, a nice apostle and, and he was, um, you know, a good person and he healed a lot of people and he did those. But, you know, being the third part of the Trinity, I just don't want to go that far. I just don't really know if I believe that or not. I mean, how can this be true? You know, is there, in today's society, is there an absolute truth? Can there actually be an absolute truth? Can there actually be uh, an absolute truth? You know, in a postmodern era that we're kind of entering into, how many of you heard that term before? Postmodern. That means that uh, the truth that you can conjure up is that we'll just call that truth. What is, whatever you can kind of conjure up and whatever, you know, the world kind of says, that, that, that's all right. We'll just call that truth. I mean, you know, that, that's taking place today. That's happening today. But here we can see that Jesus told his disciples and his apostles there, he said, the Holy Spirit and that person, the third person of the Trinity that's alive in the believer will convict the world of sin. And the main sin is the denial of Christ. That's the main sin. Obviously, we're all going to miss it occasionally, right? We're all going to miss it occasionally. But this is his job. That's what he does. And so when we do live a righteous life, when we do uh, things according to Scripture, when we do things according to God's standard, and we do things according to truth, this can bring conviction on others. And they can come, the accusations can come. Um, you know, those things can happen. But what will we do? Will we, will we deny Christ or will we stand with him? We want to stand with Christ, right? We want to stand with Christ. We want to stand with what he says. The other thing that this Holy Spirit does here, Jesus said, he's going to convict the world. The, the world. How's he going to convict the world of righteousness? Once they receive Christ into their, into their heart, into their being, Christ is going to convict them and you and I that we are righteous. See? He's going to convict us that we are righteous and that he's not holding our sin against us. That he says every sin that you've ever committed, past, present, and future, is forgiven. I like that. <laughs> Don't you all? And so I can say that from this passage of scripture that he's going to convict me of righteousness. God convicts me and you. He's going to convict you and I of right standing with him. That's opposite from one that, oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, no, no. He says here you were, but he says here I'm going to convict the person that receives me and believes in me of right standing with myself. I like you can you can you can put that conviction on me. 
And I want to put that conviction on you, right? You and I, because of the blood of Christ, we are in right standing with him. He told his disciples in that intimate setting that he had there, here's what I'm going to do. When I send the Holy Spirit, this is what he's going to do. He's going to convict the world of sin. Now, how many of you know uh, God works all things together for the good to those who love him and are called by his name? Amen? God does that. So, how does that work in today's society? You take a nation that has rejected God. You take a nation that has said yes to things that God has said no to, uh, there could be a possibility that you have removed yourself so far from God uh, that things are happening to you uh, that are not from God. Amen. See? And so that's what he's saying here. I'm going to convict you of righteousness, the church, the believer. I'm going to convict you of righteousness. I'm going to convict you that you are in right standing with me. And because you are in right standing with me and you're uh, right with me and because you uh, have accepted me as Christ, you have not denied me as Christ the Savior, I'm going to convict you of righteousness. And so if he's convicting me of right standing with him, guess what I can say about that? He's not putting sickness and disease on me to teach me anything. He doesn't put sickness and disease on me to teach me anything. I can remove myself from him and I can, I can remove that from him, you know, from that. And it comes on me because he'll allow it to happen, but he's not the author of it. See? And so when I come across someone that is living in sin and I come across someone that is afraid of the plague or I come across someone, now thank God we take, we take right works, okay? And we work according to the conviction that we have personally. Amen. We do that. We if we're if we're taking every uh, step that we can to prevent that from happening from this plague coming on us. Praise the Lord. Whatever we're doing, that is not a lack of faith. I'm not saying that at all. That is wisdom that God has given the individual to not be part of what's taking place. Amen. So I'm not saying that if we're taking every precaution that we can take, we're doing everything that we can to stay away from this plague and to not have that plague come upon us, praise God for that. You work according to your conviction and God says, Amen, I'll bless that. So I'm not saying that if you're taking you know, every measure that you can, that you're not living in faith at all. I'm just saying um, here that God's going to convict us of right standing with him. And it is not God that's putting the plague on us. Everybody, is that clear? Does that make it real clear? God's not putting sickness and disease on us to, to teach us something. He's not doing that at all. He's convicting us of righteousness. Now, what if you come across someone what God's judging us? <laughs> well, look at, that, look at the next phrase there. The empowerment of the assignment that God's given, that God gave the apostles and them, He said here. Um, uh, there's also uh, concerning judgment, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So that means that God will convict me, and He will teach me judgment. <laughs> 
And he also says here that the ruler of this world is judged. So that means that the covenant that you and I have with Christ, that you and I, the, 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 the promise that we have from Christ is that the author of sickness and disease, the, uh, the one that stands behind that and the one that uh, pushes that out stands judged. He's judged already. He's, he says right there, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, Christ, that was the last night he was sitting on the earth. That was the last night that he was standing on the earth. And so, uh, you know, eight hours after he said this, he was taken up to the front and he was crucified and he shed his blood. And, and so, how I many of you know, he was going to say some real important things uh, right before the end of his time on the earth. He said, uh, I'm going to convict the world of sin. Why? Because they're denying me. He says, I'm going to convict uh, the believer of righteousness. Why? Because they have accepted me. They believe in what I say. They believe uh, that I am the Savior. They believe that I am the Christ. I'm going to convict them of righteousness. But he says here, and then he gives us, the. the he ends it up here with uh, the ruler of this world. Who's the ruler of this world? Satan is the ruler of this world. When did he become the ruler of this world? He became the ruler of the world when Adam and Eve uh, lost their, uh, sold out to the devil there. That's when he became the ruler of this world. And his earth lease is not up yet. So he's still the ruler of this world. But Jesus gives us the promise here that the ruler of this world is judged. See that? The ruler of this world, he stands judged already. And the person that is convicted of right standing with God has the ability to enforce that judgment. Amen. See, uh, how do you do that? How do I enforce the judgment? How do I enforce that judgment right there? I speak out the promises of God. I say the same thing that God says about me. I speak out the promises that I desire. I say the same thing God says about my situation. That's how the ruler of this world is judged. We enforce that judgment. Amen. How many of you know that that can produce a little character right there? That can produce a little endurance. That can produce some things. But see, when we pull back and we pull back and we, and we, and we say, well, you know, uh, we just don't, nothing, not much we can do about it. Uh-uh. He says here, the ruler of this world is judged. Now, we, we, we're going to go on here. <laughs> Praise God, we'll pick it up. Now, all right. So, how many of you all are real comfortable with that message right now? You're a little uneasy. I can tell some little easiness right there. A little uneasy with that. Some, some, things, some pretty strong things I've said this morning, right? How many of you know that Peter also heard these words? Peter was empowered. Peter gave, was given the same information that I just gave you. And let's look at Peter's response. Because maybe we're, we've gone fishing. So I'm going to let you off the hook just a little bit, okay? But we're going to pick it up next week, and it's going to be good. All right. So let's look. John chapter 20, verse 21, verse 2. Gone fishing, title of the message. John chapter 21, verse 2 and 3. 
Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel, and Canaan, and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but they did not catch a doggone thing. <laughs> Amen. So what is my point? My point is that God is merciful. My point is that God is always saying peace unto you. My point today is saying that if we have missed it, if we have a little bit of trouble with this message, we might go fishing. We might say, forget about this thing, I'm going fishing. Amen. <laughs> well, there's a possibility that we could do that. There's a possibility that, you know, when we say, okay, I want everything to be back to normal, that we could be on our road back to the pond to go fishing. Amen. But Jesus is still looking for that person, which we'll find out next week. Peter goes swimming. Peter takes a swim. Now we can understand Peter's point here. And the way that he could possibly be thinking this is the very person who's going to lead all of this new thing, this new government that's come upon the earth, the person that's going to lead that, he's, uh, he's, he's been killed, he's been placed in the tomb, and so we can see how Peter, uh, he, he, he might just say, forget about this, my leader, that one that told me and gave me all these promises, he died, they killed him, uh, I'm just going to go fishing. We can see how he possibly would believe that, right? Can anybody see that? We can see how in the natural Peter would make this decision and lead seven others to go with him. Go fishing. So this week I know we'll be tempted. We'll be tempted to go back to normal. But let's not take this one. Let's, let's, go, let's make it a new normal. Let's make it a new normal and present Christ everywhere we go. Let's make it a new normal and say, God has got, God's got my back. Let's make it a new normal and say, uh, you know, I believe Jesus. I believe what he said. And we can come back to this verse. He only convicts me of right standing with him. That's his job as the believer. He convicts you and I of right standing with him. And guess what he does with the world? He says the ruler of this world is judged already. And I'm an enforcer of that judgment. And so are you. Amen. So what can we say about that? God's got my back. I don't care what happens to me. God's going to see me through whatever comes my way. Don't care. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, we're going to close out here. I think we got another song to sing here. And um, I'm encouraged today. I hope you guys have been encouraged that, listen... The Holy Spirit is going to convict us of right standing with Him. Even in our midst, even when we mess it up and we go fishing, God's still there. God's still there. He's not, he's not putting anything on us. He might hold some fish back. He might make us a little hungry like He did them. He might say, you're not going to catch a doggone thing over there, Peter. You're the seven guys fishing out there. You're not going to catch anything until I say you are. <laughs> Amen. 
They wasn't catching a thing. Next week we'll see what happens though. So let's let's uh, let's go ahead and stand and sing this today, and then Bobby's gonna give us a benediction there and do some other things. So, all right. Uh-